Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of First in Foxborough. I'm Kyrie Thompson. Make sure you download, subscribe, stream it on the free Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Want to talk some NFL drafts, specifically some quarterback stuff. I recorded this episode like three times, so hopefully this one actually takes without terrible audio. I digress. Sometimes I like to complain. Apologize. But I want to talk about something that, that's kind of been cropping up on our local airwaves a little bit. Since the Chicago Bears made the number one overall pick kind of officially open for business, it's been open for business the entire time. The Bears just wanted to make everybody think all the options are open. And even with Adam Schefter's report, they're leaning towards trading it. Guys still got to convince us with, you know, the trade package that you've got, whatever. Look, they were going to trade this pick. Okay. Unless, as they said, they were blown away by one of these quarterbacks in the draft, which I like them. We'll get to this later. I like them. I especially like Bryce Young. I don't think he's a guy that's going to blow you away to the point where you move off of Justin Fields. By the way, the idea that the Chicago Bears had the number one overall pick, only won three games, but it wasn't immediately accepted by everybody. Like, oh yeah, they're totally just going to draft another quarterback like because they've got the number one overall pick. That was terrible says a lot about what Justin Fields did for that team and the potential that remains. Obviously, still not a finished product, but the 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 fact that this is a discussion, I think, is, is kind of amazing when you sit back and think about it. But that's given birth to another discussion around here among some of us. Should the Patriots go for broke? Should they say, you know what, we need that quarterback of the future, Mac Jones ain't it? Let's package everything we can package, move up to number one overall. Let's do this thing, right? Let's go for it. <laughs> well, we are going to break down why that is not going to happen, why the Patriots should not do that. Please, God, no, 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 no. It is, it would be rather irresponsible to do that. I know that we got a lot of people that are like, you know what? If you decide Mac Jones isn't the guy, and I know a lot of people say he's not the guy, why not just completely take the biggest swing possible and bet the farm on you know the, the shiny new toy that you have no idea how it's going to turn out, but hey, mystery box is better than what we already have, right? Just go for it all. Now, I would say no to the number one overall pick on principle, but there are some who are saying, you know what, if not the number one overall pick. What if one of these quarterbacks slides down to the you know, seven or eight range or something like that? Why not pull the trigger on one of those? We'll talk about that too. But let's just talk about the idea of the go for broke, bet the farm, that kind of thing. Move up from 14 to one and a little bit of you know move up from 14 to six or seven or whatever people think that last quarterback is going to fall to, which I, I don't know that they will, but we'll see. So on principle, like I said, number moving from 14 to one, that's just not worth it. Think about what the San Francisco 49ers had to do a couple of years ago to move up from 12 to three in the same draft that Mac Jones was taken number 15 overall. And some say that Mac Jones should have been the pick at number three. It might've been better than what they have with Trey Lance, but we don't know. Still upside and unexplored potential there. We will see what Trey Lance ends up being in his career. But in order to do that, to move up nine spots, the 49ers had to give up three first round picks. So the 2021, obviously you swap those picks, 
but then the 2022 and 2023 first round picks plus a third rounder in 2022. So that's four picks overall. That means they have, they do not have a first round pick in this draft. Now, obviously that's fine for them. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense. They have Debo Samuel. They have a strong running game. They've got Kyle Shanahan. They were just in the NFC championship game. And if they had a real quarterback, maybe they win that. You never know. And so you, you can mortgage that for a quarterback and say, look, we've got this guy on, we'll have him on a rookie deal. We'll be able to pay some of these top-notch defenders and, and keep this whole core together while this young quarterback is still doing his thing. We don't absolutely need those picks. They are a luxury. We'll go ahead and use them. So you can say that. Now, there's also, and this is a couple of years back, even further, so 2016 draft, where the quarterback draft wasn't even really that strong, if we're going to be honest. You had the Rams moving up to number one overall and taking the Titans pick for Jared Goff. And that one featured three first-round picks and three additional picks after that. Six draft picks in order to go up and get Jared Goff, which, I mean, hey, he played pretty well last year and has been to a Super Bowl. It's not like he's absolute trash, but you're like, is he was he worth doing all that for? I would say no. But that's the kind of thing you're talking about right now. The idea that at the least from this spot that the Patriots are in, they would have to give up about six draft picks in order to make that happen. Are you willing to do that for this draft? To me, it would be one thing if you were talking about doing it in 2021. But for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I mean, they, they all are flawed prospects in, in different ways. Bryce Young is clearly the best quarterback prospect in this draft. Not close to me, but he's tiny. He's like, what, 5'10"? Five, they, they think they've got him at 5'10", and somewhere in the neighborhood, he might show up at the combine at 200 pounds. He's not going to play at 200 pounds. He might be in the 190s or 180s or whatever when the time by the time the season actually begins. We'll see how that goes. But you worry about his durability. I think it might be a little bit overblown, honestly, but it's still something you worry about. I mean, if he gets laid on by a 325-pound guy like three times a game, you wonder how his frame is going to handle that. So, I mean, that's not a slam dunk. C.J. Stroud had one um, it just absolutely bonkers game against Georgia, and the rest of his tape was pretty scattershot. Will Levis? I'm not touching Will Levis. Come on now. And Anthony Richardson is exciting as all hell. Just tools like very few quarterbacks possess coming out of the draft. But man, you see inconsistent. His floor is way low, right? His ceiling is high, but his, there's a lot of variance that you could get with Anthony Richardson. So there's just no slam dunk in here. So why would you spend all of that to move up to number one to get the one of your choice with all the doubts that then come with it? I know that Bryce Young played with Bill O'Brien the last two years and they have a rapport, but to me, that's not worth it. Because think about this, you're trading up to number one overall to get these to get this the, the guy, right? And take a swing on, on the big prospect, the best quarterback in the draft. And then you are hurting your ability to build around that quarterback for the remainder of the rookie deal, basically, right? You're going to be losing two first round picks. You're going to be losing first round picks up until their third year, which is supposed to be the big year that you want to build around. And you're going to be missing a couple of, of day two picks as well. 
this roster, this is not the San Francisco 49ers roster. This is not an elite defense. It's a really good one, but it's not elite. It's not incredible. You don't have one elite playmaker on offense that you can just get the ball to and he's going to take, he's a threat to take it 80 yards every time. I really like Ramondre Stevenson. He's not that guy. And you don't have one of those receivers. As a matter of fact, you might be losing Jacoby Myers, your most reliable receiver. They're not in a position to do this. It doesn't make sense. It's too much to give up. Now, if you want to talk about, okay, let's move up from, I don't know, 14 to 7. In addition to talking about, oh, yeah, the, the whole bet the farm thing. I've got something else for you here. If they didn't do it in 2021 when they drafted Mac Jones, number 15 overall, why would they do it now? Now, I look, I look at this and say, oh, yeah, why didn't you try trading up for, for you know, the number one pick back then? I'm sure they probably, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if they asked about it. Just a, a preliminary phone call. What would it take? I don't think the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We're going to get the Jaguars to move off of Trevor Lawrence at number one overall. That's a guy that you're talking about who is a generational prospect with, I mean, not just the arm talent, but the way that he navigates the pocket, throws with anticipation. I mean, look at just look at what he did in his second year. That was an incredible jump. He could be so, so good. Just, I mean, clear he could clearly be the number one quarterback in football within a couple of years. He's got that kind of skill set, I think. So I don't think the Jaguars were ever moving off that. I don't know if there was anything anyone could have traded to make them do it. But if you wanted to draft that, the, the second best quarterback prospect in that draft, Justin Fields, you could have done that. He was four picks away from you. At the moment that the, the threshold crossed the 10th pick, you could have been all on that if you were New England. And they chose not to. They decided to stand pat and pick at number 15 and take Mac Jones. I would say that just, I mean, you could say that Anthony Richardson has maybe a similar skill set to what Justin Fields does, but Justin Fields was a better just quarterback coming out of college than what Anthony Richardson is now. And he's a better quarterback than Will Levis. I'd say he was a better player than CJ Stroud, if not a better quarterback. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's hard to get me excited about, oh yeah, maybe they should go ahead and trade up when they clearly already showed you they had no intention of doing that when the quarterback class was better, arguably, than it is now. You had better prospects than, than what you've got this year. I mean, it's debatable. I understand some people might have different grades or what have you, but it's at least similar, if not better. And you chose to stand pat and take Mac Jones, the fifth quarterback on the board, which by the way, another kind of side, like a digression here. The idea that, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and get that new age quarterback who can move around. I love a quarterback with some mobility that can run around a little bit. I don't need him to run a 4-4, but just to can move around in the pocket and extend plays. Got a bigger arm than Mac Jones, maybe. Mac Jones is not the kind of quarterback that I would start a franchise with. But he is the kind of quarterback the New England Patriots, at least under Bill Belichick, would start a franchise with. Because I don't think they care about whether what a quarterback does running the football. They need their quarterback to just see the play, throw the ball to the right guy, and just keep it moving. They don't care about any of that other stuff. They don't care if you could throw the ball 70 yards. They just want you to be able to throw the ball 15 yards right into the guy's hands every single time, right into the right guy's hands, not the other guy's hands on the other team wearing the wrong jersey. 
which is something that Mac Jones did a little bit too much last year, at least in the beginning. So I think that this is about fit too. And the idea that, oh yeah, just pick one of them. It doesn't matter. Anyone's better than Mac. You might as well just upgrade. That's also not going to work. They're not going to take Anthony Richardson. It's not going to happen. They don't want a developmental project, especially this far along in the game for Bill Belichick's career. No way. They don't want that. I would say that also goes for Will Levis. Because Will Levis is a project. I mean, yeah, he looks the part. And oh yeah, I can stand in the pocket and deliver. He's tough and all that stuff. Man, he looked like trash at some points. Like his footwork, his accuracy, just all over the place. He's got some work to do. The only guys that I would even think about moving off of Mac Jones for in this draft are Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Neither one of them are going to be available, I would say. It's not going to happen. So you have to be realistic with your options here. The other thing I would say is that recent history that we've seen with quarterbacks in a similar position, they were the teams were not sold on them going into year three. What did they do? They doubled down and built around their quarterbacks. And what do you know? The quarterbacks played better. See, that that's the thing that frustrates me about this discussion about, oh, yeah, if your quarterback's not a god by the time season two is over, they just they suck. That's it. They're not going to be any good. Get rid of them. Move on to the next guy. Reset the rookie clock. That's been one of my least favorite phrases to come up of late. Reset the rookie clock. Start all over with the rookie contract. Look, especially if this is Madden, I get it. Okay. In theory, the statistics tell you that it's more valuable to just do that. You got more money to play with to upgrade in other positions. But man, you still got that money available now. Why not try to build around what you've already got in, in, instead of, and again, if we're talking about trading up for a quarterback, mortgaging future assets to move up for, yeah, he's on a rookie deal, but he's probably going to be more expensive actually than what you would be paying Mac Jones anyway, even though he's relatively cheap compared to other quarterbacks. And then you don't have picks. Just use the picks and money that you've got on the dude you've already have, who's already cheap. She's going to be relatively cheap for two more years. I mean, then you got to talk about, okay, Mac Jones, fifth-year option might be kind of expensive. Would you rather extend him, give him a fifth-year option, or none of the above, right? You could you could pick any number of, of avenues there. But look, man, Tua Tungabailoa and Jalen Hurts were already in this situation. And what did the Eagles and Dolphins decide to go do? They built around their quarterbacks, okay? In that same draft in 2021... When Jones was selected, Eagles had the 10th pick. Could have taken Justin Fields. Could have tried to move up to get a quarterback. They stood at number 12. They drafted Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama, for Jalen Hurts. And then the next year, what did they do? They trade for A.J. Brown and pay him a boatload of money. And the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, and Jalen Hurts was awesome. He was great. He was an MVP candidate for most of the year. And, yeah, everybody was questioning is it really Jalen Hurts or is it the roster? Well, I think the Super Bowl gave you a bit of an idea that it was plenty of Jalen Hurts in that equation. To a tongue of Iloa, same thing. The year after he's drafted, what did they do? Instead of panicking because he didn't show out and wasn't amazing and he got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatever, they didn't panic. They drafted Jalen Waddle for him. And then what did they do after that? The next year, they traded for Tyreek Hill. They went all in onto a tongue of Iloa on this rookie deal and said, you know what? Let's see what you got, kid. 
And the, yeah, they made the playoffs. They would have probably won a playoff game if Tua Tungavailoa had been healthy. And that's really unfortunate, obviously, what's happened to him. But that's how teams have been doing it. Josh Allen, in your division, same deal. Trade for Stefan Diggs. He blows up. And then you don't mind paying him all that money. I'm not saying that Mac Jones is on a similar talent level as Josh Allen, or even that they're going to have the same career trajectory. I'm just saying that there have been plenty of times of late where teams could have moved off a quarterback if they wanted to, as the results through year two weren't what everybody wanted, even if there were signs of things being okay. And Mac Jones, the second year went pretty badly, even though I think we've established that not all of that was his fault. But look, man, this idea that, well, we just got to start it all over again. I feel like the Patriots have seen plenty of examples of how other teams have actually built around the talent that they already have or built up the talent that they already have, made it better, made the roster better, and created a contender. Or at the very least, in the Patriots' case, a team that can compete with the contenders. And then if you give Mac Jones a good enough roster with good enough protection and weapons, because I think that's the thing that, that people keep neglecting, like, oh, yeah, we got to have – Offensive tackles got to have the best offensive line. Yes, you want to have a good offensive line, but it's not going to help Mac Jones if the receivers aren't getting open. Okay, because an offensive line can't have a thousand yard receiving for you. You know, they can't score touchdowns for you. All right. So at some point, you got to find somebody who's going to do that for Mac Jones. So you got to have that as well. I just think that there's there's something to be said for letting Mac Jones play this out. And the other part is. If you're not going to do that for Mac Jones, if you're not going to invest to make your investment pay off for you and make your money work for you, why would anybody think that, oh, yeah, they go ahead and trade the farm for this next guy, that they're going to do that for them? Then it becomes this carousel of, oh, yeah, well, the you know through two years, returns aren't what I wanted. Guess you should just draft another guy. Look, it's okay to evaluate quarterbacks every single year. I think that it, it would be completely fine if the Patriots drafted another guy in like the fourth round or fifth round or whatever as another backup developmental option, somebody with upside if you really wanted to. I'd be fine with that. But if you're talking about starting the franchise all over again and getting on this carousel of, oh, yeah, well, that one didn't work. Get rid of him. Get a new guy. Get a new guy. Get a new guy every single year and just reset it or every other year. That's not how winning franchises operate. At some point, you need to invest to make your investment better. I want to see the Patriots do that this year. And if it doesn't work out, and if it looks like Mac Jones just ain't it, which I have something coming out that talks about Bill O'Brien's effects on quarterbacks and how he usually gets them to perform better than their career averages, that could suggest that Mac Jones should be better. All right. If he's not, then you can talk about that in year four. But right now, I think they owe it to themselves, first and foremost, not necessarily to Mac Jones, even though that is true. I think they owe it to Mac Jones a little bit. But they owe it to themselves to see this investment through. Let's kill this talk about trading up to number one, honestly trading up in general, because guess what? The Patriots aren't going to do it anyway. I'm Kyrie Thompson. <laughs> this has been First and Fox, bro. Thanks for joining me. Till next time.